Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1361. Life is about stick to This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Kent, Washington, Jason Fiorito. Hey, Jason, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely, Mark. All right. Jason Fiorito has been president of Pacific Raceways for 17 years and president of Pacific Innovation Center for six years. Jason is responsible for financing, strategic planning, governmental relations, master planning, and developing track and innovation center relationships and partners. Jason was instrumental in working with local governments to secure legislation that allows for the development and improvements that are planned for Pacific Raceway, including Pacific Innovation Center, which we're going to learn about today, a tech campus designed to accelerate innovation in automotive technology. I love this idea. He is the third generation of his family to have had the involvement in the Kent facility. Prior to becoming Raceway and Innovation Center president, Jason worked in the family's heavy highway construction business in quarrying, mining, and commercial development. Jason, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you as you take a brief moment, share a little more about your business and a very obvious passion that you have for automobiles. Thank you, Mark. Gosh, I, as I listen to that, I think, wow, that's a, that's a pretty full life. Uh, yes, you yeah, do I, have a full I, life, my friend. <laughs> I, uh, I'm fortunate to run a business that is parallel with my passion. I uh, have been uh, an automotive and, and motorcycle enthusiast and go-kart enthusiast since I was a kid. Growing up in the heavy highway construction business, I had access to to shops and tools and folks that wrenched for a living. So I was able to build, fabricate, and work on all sorts of toys since I was a kid. Was able to help build highways across the Pacific Northwest. And my family actually graded and paved Pacific Raceways back in the late 50s and was kind of tugging on my dad's pant leg growing up saying, why are we out here building highways? Why are we not running a racetrack? And uh, <laughs> so at the at the end of my career running a, a quarry and, and mining business that my family was involved with, the lease ran out out here at Pacific Raceways in 2002. 
and was able to kind of follow a childhood dream to start steering the racetrack into the next century. So it's been a whole life of involvement with machinery and and automobiles and motorcycles. And now I'm one of the fortunate ones that gets to follow my passion in the automotive industry. Absolutely. I'll let our listeners know, I've known Jason for way over a decade, probably a lot longer, maybe two decades now. Uh, when I vintage raced cars, uh, that's the track. That was my home track with the Sovereign Group that I ran with. Love Pacific Raceways. Spent a lot of time on that track, both in street cars and race cars. Uh, it's one of those facilities that's just, you feel at home when you go there. And I've watched Jason and his family over years deal with all the different challenges they've been faced with the track and how they've progressed and moved forward. And I'm really excited today to bring some new news uh, to my listenership about what's happening out there with the Innovation Center and so forth. But before we jump into that, Jason, I want to ask you for a success quote or a mantra. This is uh, some kind of instrumental, or I should say this is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Jason, I know you love to drive. You're going to be running this weekend, so take the wheel. Thank you, Mark. You know, when I was a kid, my dad kind of coined a term, I think. I'll, I'll give him credit whether he deserves it or not. And he said, life is about stick to And through the ups and downs, through the rough times, through the uncertainty, if you've got your eye on a goal, stick to it. And so the mantra that runs around in my head with which I was blessed as a kid and continue to tell myself every day, stick to itiveness is what success is all about. And that's something uh, that's allowed me to progress, uh, especially over the last 17 years from times of great uncertainty to where we're really looking at a bright and sustainable future here. Yeah, you know, I think this is really great. And the correlation between that concept and racing and what you've had to deal with of keeping that track alive and going and all the bureaucracies and things that happen with a racetrack. I think is really, really interesting to me because I've had hundreds of racers as guests on this show, and almost every one of them, one of their quotes is never, ever, ever give up, the great Sir Winston Hurt, uh, Churchill quote. And I think as that relates to for stick and don't give up, no matter what, in adversity, and my goodness, you guys have dealt with incredible things. I know over the years, the 25 years I've lived here, there's been from highlights of drag racing and road racing to the track's going to have to shut down or things aren't going to continue or, you know, the government comes in and puts all these regulations and so forth. Let me ask you this. If there's one thing that you could advise some people out there that maybe are lacking that stick to or don't quite get it when they face adversity and they go, oh, we're done. We can't go any further. What's one thing that you put into your mind when you face those kind of walls? Because I know you faced them, whether it's on the the racetrack or in business or any any kind of things in life, what's a little piece of wisdom you could offer somebody that help them push through that that next wall that comes up in front of them? Well, a lot of that, Mark, has to do with experience, right? Uh, I mean, the, the times I've given up, I never knew how it would have worked out. So uh, I have no experience to back up giving things up. W- what I do know is when I've stuck to it, even in light of what seems like insurmountable hurdles and overcome those hurdles, the the sense of gratification and accomplishment at the end of the day is overwhelming. I, I remember specifically a time I was racing down at 
Thunder Hill and we had an accident that took up took out a drive line and and took out the rear suspension and we thought the weekend was over and everybody was shaking their heads and I looked at my crew chief and said we still have 3 hours until the race and we found a guy uh, that could weld aluminum that was welding the drive line back together and I was under the car welding a, a shock perch back on and at the end of the day, we didn't finish well, but we finished. And we got an award for the most persistent crew on the planet. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we didn't win that race, but I think it was probably the most gratifying checkered flag I'd ever seen in my life because it was insurmountable odds overcome at the end of the day. And if I could impart the feeling on people that is that sense of accomplishment that you never get if you give up in the middle of a fight, I think more people would stick to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I had an experience at your raceway. I was racing a 67 Lola sports racer and blew up uh, what did we wreck. It was a uh, clutch. And took the engine off the back of the car. I was out there with Louis Shefschick and JNL Fabricating. They were helping me with the car. And we pulled it off. And Louis pulls out the clutch and goes, well, here's your problem. You fried the clutch. And I'm like, oh, gosh. I said, well, I guess the weekend's over. And he goes, no, I don't think so. He goes, here, grab this. Get on a bike. Start riding around the paddock and start saying, anybody got one of these? And sure enough, I found somebody else that had one. They gave it to us, loaned it to us, I should say, and uh, put it in the car. And I got to race the rest of the weekend. So. I think that's the spirit of racing, don't you? I mean, you don't give up until it's absolutely, it's like till the fat lady sings, as they say. Uh, you just don't give up until that checkered flag comes down because you never know. You never know. And embedded in your story is the second lesson I've learned, which is ask for help. When I'm underwater yes. and I'm overwhelmed, don't let my ego get in the way of asking for help. And if you never give up and you're humble enough to ask for help when you need it, I don't know that there's a problem out there that can't be overcome. I'm so glad you said that. That's a great way to think about it. Well, let's uh, have you share a story that instigated this passion you have for cars. You kind of started to get into it when you're a little boy working around all this equipment, your family's business and so forth. But is there a pivotal moment in your life and you knew that you were indeed going to be a car guy and a racer? I, Mark, I can't remember a moment in my life where I wasn't a car guy. I, I rode home from the hospital when I was born in April of 68 in a 1968 SSRS convertible Camaro, four-speed, 12-volt <laughs> posi, small block that my dad bought for my mom and took delivery that month of that year. I still have that car parked in the garage. It's been restored a couple of times. It's now sitting there with an aluminum head big block in it. But I don't remember a time my grandfather had a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a Maserati in his garage growing up. Uh, my dad had the Camaro, 68, 71, 75, 78. So he was a Camaro guy. You know, I had go-karts since I was a kid. I, I couldn't get my hands quickly or often enough on anything that would generate power and speed. So I, I don't know that there's a moment that I knew. I think there wasn't a moment that I didn't know is a better way of answering that question. Yeah, it sounds like it with a family generational history like that. I love it. Well, let's take a look at some of these roads you've driven down, get under the hood, get our hands a little dirty, which you're not afraid to do. And I'd like you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced in your life or your career. I know you've 
run into a lot of obstacles with what you're doing. So pick one out that really stands out for you. But more importantly, tell us how you overcame that situation and what it taught you. Well, uh, I had an idea back in 2002 that professional racing needed to be at Pacific Raceway. So I got on the phone and started trying to promote a NASCAR Northwest Tour event and and hired uh, a professional driver to come in. Everybody will remember who it was. I spent a ton of money on promoting it. I spent a ton of money on hiring a, a big name driver to come in. At the end of the day, I was half a million dollars shy of breaking even on that event. And it looked very much like, because at the same time, I had a cousin who had inherited part of uh, Pacific Raceways from my uncle fighting me in court because she didn't think she was getting enough money from the operations. I had a race that just cost uh, me a half a million dollars to run. I couldn't pay my bills. I had people banging on my door. Everybody was mad. And it really looked like that was the end for Pacific Raceways. And I got on the phone. I told them, everybody to whom I owed money, that I've never stiffed anybody in my life and I wasn't going to start now. It was going to take me a while to dig out of the hole. But if they just worked with me over time, they were going to get paid. It honestly took a couple of years to dig out of that hole. But at the end of the day, what it taught me is that if you have a vision, and you communicate well, and you set your mind on digging yourself out of the hole, no matter how long it takes, and no matter how much humble pie you have to eat, at the end of the day, if you just stick to it, and you're honest, and you have integrity, you're gonna, at the end of the day, come out with a better relationship with those that you've been through battle with, and a better feeling for how business should be run. So, uh, you know, there have been a series of those along the way, but that's probably the one that sticks out the most is a completely failed attempt at what I thought the market wanted here, not what the market was telling me it wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember back though, I was living here and remember the news articles and comments and talks about what was going to happen. And yeah, very, very difficult time. Kudos to you for sticking to your ethics and morals and and working through that and not just throwing your hands up and saying, sorry, everybody, we lost. See you later. Bye. Um, yeah, that was that was a tough ride. So I'm very, very proud and happy you made your way through that for sure. Well, let's have a little bit of fun, steer away from that direction and talk about your first really special vehicle, that first car you got that had great meaning for you and share a memory you have about that ride with us. Well, I found when I was a very young kid, that 68 SSRS convertible parked in the garage. My dad tried to trade it in on a 71 Camaro. He was buying my mom. The Chevy dealer offered him $400 trade in on it. So he decided not to take the $400 and, and left it in the garage. So at 14 years old with my folks in Europe, I pulled a battery out of my dad's Buick Riviera, got it fired up <laughs> and got my first ticket on Mercer Island, trying yeah. to learn how to drive a four speed at 14 years old, yeah. lurching it across a, a four way intersection. And the cop noticed that I not Maybe old enough to be small. driving, <laughs> not yeah. good enough to be driving. And uh, <laughs> that, that was my first kind of notable experience in the first car. By the time I was 16, I 
kind of inherited the right to take it to the shop and get it running. So my first true love of an automobile starts with that 68 SSRS convertible. Nice, nice. You know, your story makes me laugh because we bought a little 914 2.0 when my son was 14 and I would go down where I was working and it was an industrial area and we had big parking lots. And I was down one Saturday working and I said, hey, you want to drive the, the Porsche around the parking lot and learn how to drive a stick? So I gave him a little lesson. I went in and worked and about a half hour later is a knock on the door and he was standing there with a police officer next to him. And I said, uh-oh, you didn't take the car out on the street, did you? And he goes, no, dad, I, I stayed in the parking lot, just like he said. And the police officer said, well, you know, not too many people are hanging around here on the weekends. And I kept driving by this building and seeing this Porsche driving in circles and this little kid in it. So I kind of had to stop to make sure he was okay. Is he your son? I go, yeah. And I said, is that okay? He wasn't on the street. And he goes, no, he's okay. I just want to make sure, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I, I was thinking, thank goodness he didn't take it on the street like this other kid named Jason that I, I heard of. There's a story out there, something about him somewhere with a, a car. But uh, at any rate, uh, that's a funny story. I like that. How about Sellers or Morris? And I, I know the answer to this because I know of a very special car in your family's history. In fact, you loaned me that car one time. I got to play with it for a couple of days. Sellers or more story. Tell us about yours, Jason. Well, the story starts back in 1961 when my grandfather and grandmother were over in Rome with the express purpose of coming back with a Ferrari Spider. He was able to locate one while having a glass of wine with a local banker. Uh, ended up being, uh, or I guess this was in 1963. I should amend that. It, it ends up being a 1962 250. Panine Farina Body Series 2 Cabriolet Ferrari uh, yeah. with very few kilometers on it that had been repoed by the bank from a gentleman who bought it for his mistress. Wife found out about the, the car, stopped making the payments on it, bank repos it. My grandfather serendipitously ends up having a glass of wine with the banker that had just taken possession. And six months of Italian red tape later, he had the car parked in his garage on Mercer Island. Nice. Uh, af yeah. After his death in 97, the car had been sitting for years and years and years. I, uh, with the help uh, a few people in the Seattle area, brought it back to life. My grandmother ended up signing that car over to me in, oh, the early 2000s. As time went on, it became increasingly difficult to park that car in the garage of a rental house. And so yeah. <laughs> with, with my grandmother's permission and trying to provide a dwelling unit in my name for me and my three kids, I ended up selling that car to Bruce McCaw. And although it has a wonderful home in his display, I can't say that there isn't a day that goes by that I don't wish that was still parked in my garage. Yeah. Well, you know, at least it's in great hands. Bruce has been a guest here. I've known Bruce forever. Of course, he's the consummate car guy. I mean, he's just, he's got very, very cool stuff. So I'm not surprised it ended up in his garage. Does he still have that to this day? He does. And and one of the impetuses for selling it, Thor Thorson, who manages uh, his collection, had written an article one time. And I had the car out here at Pacific Raceways. The Turn signals didn't work, so I'm driving around a 62 Ferrari with hand signals. And he was asking me, 
why I didn't get it fixed. And I said, well, geez, the, the Ferrari store, it, it's very expensive to take this car in. And, and Thor had written an article essentially that said, if you have an old Ferrari and it's a little bit rough around the edges because you've decided not to fix it, that's really cool. If you have an old Ferrari and you're not fixing it because you can't afford to fix it, that's a shame. And I thought, <laughs> well, I think Thor wrote that article about my car. Maybe it's time to to pass it on to somebody that can afford to to fix it. And, and in fact, yeah. he, he told me after going through it that there was a bad right rear wheel bearing at the time that if I'd driven it much further, it may have been catastrophic. So it went yeah. to the right person for the right reason. My kids and I ended up with a house over it. And it's in a, a display next to its brothers and sisters, and uh, it, it's where it needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, those listeners uh, may be reminding you, can go back and find my talk with Thor Thorson. He was an early guest here on Cars, yeah, part of VRM, uh, Bruce McCaw's shop out there. Uh, well, up there, I guess, from where I am. I'm south of Seattle. They're a little bit northeast of, yeah, northeast of Seattle. So, uh, yeah, check out that talk I had with Thor. Definitely in good hands because VRA Motors, those guys know how to work on cars and make cars go. So I'm glad it's still in the Northwest. You can go over there and hug it once in a while. Uh, but it's always nice to have a roof over your head for your children as well. Hard to live in the backseat of that car. That's for sure. So uh, very nice. And thanks again for loaning that car to me uh, years ago. I, I had it for a photo shoot and we got to play with it and drive it up and down the street a little bit. It was just a delightful, delightful car. And that story you shared with me then, which we relive now about your grandfather and how he acquired the cars is wonderful and delightful too. So very, very cool. Now, I would like to have you talk about what has you excited today about Pacific Raceways and talk more about the Pacific Innovation Center. So what has you fired up about the track today? Oh, thank you, Mark. Uh, you know, the, the continuum out here has been trying to find a way of making a track of this size sustainable in the Pacific Northwest when we have a pretty abbreviated racing season. Aside from tracks that are down in the Southern California area, we have a pretty short window for hosting events that are profitable and the expenses click along all year. So years and years ago, we looked at other models across the country, only two of which seem to sustain tracks of this size. One is a series of professional races the most profitable, which would be a NASCAR Cup Series race. And the other model under which tracks were successful are commercial development. So we started poking around at the county 15 years ago about putting garage space and commercial space out of the track and ran into what seemed like an insurmountable set of hurdles over the last decade and a half. But along that quest for potential tenants, it became clear that nowhere in the country had anybody coalesced the renewable energy-driven vehicle industry, which helps us out economically in two ways. Number one, it gives us track rental opportunities in the winter when renewable energy and new technologies are being tested, uh, especially in inclement weather, which is a plus. And it also gave us the ability potentially to rent out more space in the commercial development. Uh, we started down the path of the Pacific Innovation Center uh, about seven or eight years ago and gained a lot of traction, not only with potential tenants, but with state research facilities, local governments, and all the way up to the governor's office. So we enjoy 
the third ever project of statewide significance as designated by the Washington State Department of Commerce. Now, uh, we are on the list of folks that they are using as a magnet to attract national and international businesses to the Pacific Northwest. But we've also built relationships with folks like University of Washington, Washington State University, Central Washington University, that are enjoying the thought of allowing our tenants in an incubator project capacity to access their state research facilities. It gives them curriculum relevancy and placement for their students after graduation. It also gives our tenants some cheap or even in some cases free research for incubator projects, battery technology, solar technology, hydrogen fuel cell, biofuels, and all the things that are being studied to go into these climate change enhancing vehicle program. So we're really excited in that we seem to be leading the charge for converting a certain number of track days to testing days for new technology and converting a theoretical commercial development that generally speaking would cater to the traditional motorsports industry into something that would accelerate innovation in the automotive technology industry. And it helps us politically, of course, because racetracks generally take a, a hit for producing noise and traffic and gas emissions. We're kind of leading the charge in terms of converting a certain percentage of our days over to new technology and innovation in the automotive industry so that we can be viewed as not just a producer of carbon emissions, but a tool to reduce carbon emissions. Nice. Nice. Where can people go to learn more about Pacific Innovation Center? We have some information on our website, pacificraceways.com, and we're in the process of developing a special page for just the Innovation Center. But uh, most of the information you're going to find on the Innovation Center is embedded in our website. Nice, nice. I'll make sure to put a link to that on Jason Shono's page. Go check out what they're doing. This is very, very cool, a very forward-thinking, and I'm so happy to hear uh, this path that you're going down. Absolutely fantastic. Jason, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new ADS-2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Jason, we are back and I have a bit of a introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, actually manifested as a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Jason be and why? You know, I put some thought into this, Mark, and I think that. I would be a Ford GT40. And because there was a lot of people, there were a lot of people that spent a lot of energy in making that program successful. And it was. It wasn't a success overnight and it didn't take a lack of effort. But I look back on my family generationally and am thankful for the energy that people put into me to steer me in the right direction, to instill a sense of integrity and responsibility in me, and put the tools at my disposal that would allow me to be an asset to the family and the region. And the Ford GT40 put Ford on the map as a very credible and successful racing program And I'd like to think that all the energy that was put into me by previous generations to steer me in the right direction is going to allow me to be an asset to the Pacific Northwest racing industry and the family business. So uh, I think I would like to be personified as a Ford GT40. I like that. Very, very cool. And of course, they're going to be coming out with a movie later this year. I think it's in November. Ford versus Ferrari, where that car is the featured car. Of course, I think it's Christian Bale and Matt Damon uh, are going to be in that uh, show about how they developed the Ford GT40 and went out to beat Ferrari uh, at their own game. In fact, I think Dan Gurney's being betrayed by his son, Alex, uh, in that movie as well, which is pretty cool. So uh, can't wait to see that. But uh, I like that. I like the the reason behind your answer, too, Jason. That was very thoughtful. Uh, Well done. Well done. Well, we are entering the last lap. This is a place you've been many times. The white flag is out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the GT40 throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? To do it right, not to do it quickly. That which can be done right cannot always be done quickly. Yeah, excellent. How about one of your personal habits? I think we touched on this that you believe has contributed to your many successes. Well, some people would call it stubbornness, but I uh, choose to look at it as stick to Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the tenacity uh, is always a great trait in entrepreneurs, and it's one that's carried through with many, many of my guests here on Cars. Yeah. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? 
you know, the resource I go after is the internet. If, if I am persistent at needing some knowledge, the old school way was to go into the uh, encyclopedias and the books. I am addicted to the internet and I, uh, not for kind of pleasure reasons, but for research reasons. And, you know, it's not always easy to come up with the answer. Sometimes it takes me two or three hours of digging and rephrasing things, but it is amazing the wealth of knowledge that this universe has to offer. And in an attempt not to reinvent the wheel, I love researching things on the internet. Yeah, incredible what we could get our hands on too so quickly today. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, has always been an idol of mine in terms of how he conducted himself on and off the track. Fierce competitor, but always uh, conducted himself with fairness. And he's an old grain silo welder that made it, you know, uh, to the top of his field, both as a driver and uh, I believe if I have the story right, was the first guy to really market himself well and owned the marketing rights to his to his own stuff. So yeah. Dale Earnhardt Sr., I would give anything to sit down and, and have a drink with him. That would be very, very cool. How about a book? Is there a book you've read you'd like to share? Uh, Ross Bentley, Speed Secrets, uh, <laughs> Dissecting yeah. a Lap with Ross Bentley and Speed Secrets has allowed me to look at not only taking a lap differently, but living life differently. Yeah, Ross has been a guest here on the show. He lives just north of me here, uh, north of Gig Harbor, and he actually has his own podcast now. He has a uh, uh, weekly blog you can uh, sign up for uh, that kind of outlines racing and racing techniques and things. Uh, Love Ross, great guy. Shout out to him. Uh, yeah, definitely a great book if you want to get into racing, or even if you already are, you can learn a lot from that book. All right, Jason, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy today. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter who owns it. Even if you want that Ferrari back, I'm going to go get it for you. But there are some <laughs> rules to this game that make this game a little bit of a challenge. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here, but I don't think that's a problem for you. And it's the only collector car you can have, so you need to choose the one you want very carefully because you're going to be stuck with it. Yeah, I, I, I think you're going to have to go talk to Bruce and get that 62-250 Panini Body Series 2 Cabriolet back, Mark. All it, right. it ain't, well, ain't going to come cheap, but uh, you know that's the one I'd live with for the rest of my life. I kind of figured it so. So no problem. I know Bruce. I'll just cruise up there and have a talk with him and get out the big banker's checkbook or the golfer's checkbook you know those giant checks they give the golfers because that's what that car is going to take but uh no problem my friend it's a beautiful car beautiful silver car love that car really really great jason you've taken me on a nice ride around the track today pacific raceways i knew we'd have some fun so good connecting with you again i've really enjoyed your stories and for sharing some of the new things with the innovation center there at pacific raceways very very proud of what you've accomplished thank you for sharing your journey could you offer us a little parting piece of Wisdom or guidance before you rip off down towards turn one and turn two at Pacific Raceways in that Ferrari 62-250 Pininfarina. You know, uh, Mark, I might not get it uh, perfectly, but I'll get the flavor of it. I saw something paraphrased over in Italy last month that said, essentially, 
life is not about learning to endure the storm. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. And up here in the Pacific Northwest, I think that is an adage we all need to live by. Yep, yep. I learned that after 25 years here. Uh, Actually, I enjoy the rain now. I never thought I'd say that moving from Southern California, but after living here for a long time, I do enjoy it when it rains. Uh, It's great to learn. In fact, the first First vintage race I ever did at Pacific Raceways was in a 1960 Lotus Formula Junior, an 18. And that first race, it was raining. And I'll never forget it. Sitting there, my right leg was shaking. I was thinking, what am I doing? I'm going to die today. And I remember Louis Shefshik came up and leaned down. He said, how you doing, Mark? Put his hand on my shoulder. And I said, I'm a little nervous with this rain in my first race. And I'll never forget what he said. He looked at me and he said, just remember, the throttle goes both ways. <laughs> and I survived. A couple cars didn't that day. Uh, I watched a Corvette crash right in front of me, but uh, I survived because the throttle does go both ways. But yeah, learn to dance in the rain. Definitely a nice way to go. And when you do it, think of Jason Fiorito. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Pacific Raceways? PacificRaceways.com. That's where it all there starts and ends. Absolutely. Again, listeners, you can find all these links on Jason's very own show notes page on the Cars Yow website. Jason, my friend, thanks for calling in today. Thanks for being so generous with your time. And I see the sun has come out here in the great Pacific Northwest. So today's going to be a very nice day. Thank you for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road or at Pacific Raceways. Thank you, Mark. Cheers, my friend. You too. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!